welcome to the Who's He podcast. And on this week's show, Paul and I will be reviewing the latest in the Audio Go ongoing series, Destiny of the Doctor, which celebrates the 50th anniversary of the show. And this time it's a third Doctor story called Vengeance of the Stones. Yes, we were. Uh, I was particularly looking forward to this one. Uh, but find out what we think of this uh, particular story later on. But first, let's have some news. And uh, today, as we record on the, this news item on Saturday, uh, today saw the release of the what they term as the prequel to The Bells of St. John. Uh, well, <laughs> we've had this argument before on the... On this podcast, I think you'll probably hear it on many other podcasts and blogs and God knows what. It should be a prologue, not a prequel. The prequel should come after the main episode. So, okay. That's that little argument out of the way. Um, obviously, this is just my opinion of it. Um, I actually thought this was better than all of the uh, previous prequels for the uh, first half of Series 7. The little, um, what was it called, Pond Life um, episodes. Um, all rolled into one, basically. It was um, a very nicely acted little um, little scene between the Doctor and, well, who was it? If you haven't seen the prequel, I'm not going to tell you. You have to see it for yourself. Um, yeah, it was just very, very nicely acted. It didn't really... Um, I, suppose you, I suppose you could say it did add a little something uh, to what's to come. But, uh, yeah, very, very nice. And um, if all the little... Prequels or mini shows, we want to call them, were like, were this well acted and well directed, then um, bring them on. Bring them on, is all I can say. And since we last recorded, there's been obviously a new trailer's been released as well, and plus there's been loads and loads of clips um, also been released during the week as well, um, which sort of led some people to believe, and I, I'm sort of half agree with them, to be honest, that uh, if they show any more preview clips, they were shown basically the entire episode before it's actually broadcast. Um, sometimes BBC and Stephen Moffat, less is more, I have a feeling. Um, obviously, this is just me doing the news. We haven't got Paul's input on this. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I think it's a, just a little bit too much. Um, there's only, you know, just over a week to wait now. So, you know, we're a, we can be a patient lot, us Doctor Who fans. So we don't need to have everything uh, chucked at us at uh, <laughs> an alarming rate. So, uh, yeah, but, I mean, it's uh, I've avoided them all, to be quite honest. Um I want to uh, basically know nothing about this episode uh, when it when it airs on Saturday the 30th. And of course it's also announced during the week that on the uh, Saturday the 30th of March, Doctor Who will air at 6.15pm on BBC One and BBC HD. Uh, previously it was going to be at 10 past 6, uh, but now the official confirmation it is quarter past 6 on Saturday the 30th of March. So, um, yes, set your sky... Plus boxes and your Virgin Media box, whatever your uh, whatever you've got indoors, set your alarm clocks. So there you are. Don't miss it. Six fifteen on BBC One. Now this week has seen one hell of a lot of rumours flying around about the sort of the future of Matt Smith and now also Stephen Moffat with regard to staying on with Doctor Who. The Sun ran a story during the week. Um, now I'm not going to say if this is really news. Actually, this is just conjecture on their part, and this always crops up. As we spoke about before on this podcast, I think when the uh, the first half of Series 7 started last year, that um, every time a new series starts, at least one of the uh, Red Top tabloid papers will always run a story saying that an insider at the production office of Doctor Who says Matt Smith is leaving. Um, now, admittedly, Matt Smith has been rather cagey about his future, on Doctor Who, especially when he was on um, the Jonathan Ross show uh, last weekend, I believe it was, 
And um, when I asked him sort of like how long he would stay in the role, he just said, you know, he's doing the uh, the fifth anniversary special, the Christmas special, and then he'll see what 2014 uh, brings for him. Now, obviously, this could just be the fact there's contractual negotiations underway. It doesn't mean that he is leaving the show. But then again, it doesn't mean he's staying either. Um, until we see a press release from the BBC, let's um, let's just sit tight and enjoy Matt Smith in the role while we can. However, the Sun are, as usual, completely convinced that he's leaving. Um, it's always one of their insiders have got a scoop. Uh, it's utter nonsense. The BBC were very quick to um, say, you know, they don't even know what's happening at Christmas because the the Sun story was saying that Matt Smith was leaving at the Christmas special. As soon as the Christmas special hasn't actually been written yet, as the BBC pointed out, even they don't know what's happening. Um, it could, again, it could just be a little bit of um, subterfuge on everybody's part here. But hey, you know, it's um, he's been in the role for four years, and if he does go. We we should all miss him, but what a great four years is all I'm is all I'm going to say. Now another person who's uh, cropped up in the news is now Stephen Moffat. Oh, the Daily Mirror has run a uh, a story, um, and basically he's just saying that the workload um, of Doctor Who is uh, or basically is knackering. To quote uh, Moffat himself, he's also um, said that he is sort of towards the end of his tenure rather than the beginning, which doesn't mean to say he's leaving either. It just said, you know, obviously he's been doing it for four years now and um, maybe it is time to move on, as it always happens with showrunners. We've had this before um, many, many times throughout the show's history. I'm not just talking about RTD, I'm talking about Philip Hinchcliffe, Graham Williams, etc., etc. So, you know, don't worry, fans. You know, I don't think the show's going anywhere. We might have a change of cast at some point, which we know is going to happen. And um, we know we're going to get a change of showrunner as well at some point. It happens. So there's nothing we can do about it. I just wish the papers will stop running this, this as fact, which is really annoying. They always do this at the beginning of every series, and it's getting rather tiresome. So I can say the sun, the mirror, the star, whoever the bloody hell it is, knock it off. You're getting boring and repetitive. And I'm also becoming boring and repetitive having to report this all the time. So I can say to you bloody papers, shut the hell up. Now, hopefully on to some brighter news. There were a few reports during the week that uh, Peter Jackson, who you know, director of Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit, to name but a few, um, he said he will direct Doctor Who in exchange for a Dalek. Now, this rumour cropped up last year that Peter Jackson was interested in directing an episode of Doctor Who, uh, but obviously the talk of money came uh, came about. Obviously... To hire someone of uh, his caliber is going to, you know, it's going to take some considerable cash to uh, to get him even involved. However, he's now said that he will direct it for a Dalek. Um, now, to quote him exactly, he said they don't even have to pay me, but I have got my eye on one of those nice new gold-colored Daleks. They must have a spare one. Hint, hint. Um, I, for one, would quite like to see this, just to see what he would um, what he would do on a smaller budget than what he's actually used to, um, because he was. In his early days, a, a small budget director, but he could make a small budget look, you know, look like a Hollywood blockbuster. So um, let's let's see what he. I'd like to see what he could do with it. I really would. Uh, but Moffat, as um, however, as saying nothing, he said he he said that you never get any information like that out of me. Uh, but then he did add that we're theoretically on board for anything provided we've got a great story. So I, for one, would like to see this happen. I really would. I don't know about any of you out there, uh, but uh, no, I think it could be. I think it could be rather interesting, actually. 
But uh, but if we get any more uh, any more news on that, we'll uh, report it as it comes. Now, just a tiny little snippet of news about the uh, filming schedule of the 5th anniversary special. Now, you may have read before or heard another podcast before that the anniversary special was due to have started filming this month. However, it's now been revealed that it's not going to start filming until April, uh, which is fair enough. Now, this has actually set people onto a bit of a panic for some reason. Um, I don't know why there's sort of people sort of putting two and two together and thinking there's you know there's trouble at mill and all that, but um, it could just be something as simple that they're still waiting to secure contracts for certain actors and actresses, and they just have to um, you know delay filming and the read through of the script um, for those reasons. So you know who knows who knows I don't think there's any reason to get uh, to get concerned about this whatsoever. Um, it could also be that Stephen Moffat is still tweaking the script. It could be absolutely anything. So, you know, nobody needs to be overly concerned about this whatsoever. I really don't know why people get into such a panic. But we know there is going to be a 50th anniversary special. It's not going to be cancelled or anything. It is happening. So, uh, yeah, come on, guys. Let's just get to... Let's, this, I know this is pretty rich coming from me. Let's, let's stay positive about this, shall we? Now, before we move on to our review of Vengeance of the Stones, we've just got time for a very, very quick trip to Omega's Tech Corner. You pester me with trinkets! Now, um, this is a a return to a previous item in the in his Tech Corner. You may remember a few weeks ago we reported on the TARDIS speaker system, uh, which would set you about £150 from Forbidden Planet. Well, Forbidden Planet are actually running an, a demo day at uh, all of their stores on Saturday the 6th of April. Uh, which will be at the um, now the following stores. It'll be at Birmingham, Bristol, Cambridge, Coventry, Croydon, Liverpool, London, Newcastle, and Southampton. So basically, what they're going to do give a nice little demo of how the thing works. Now, for people who uh, who turn up, there's a chance to get into a prize draw to win the sound system, and uh, you'll also get a goodie bag if you arrive early enough. Now, what's actually in these goodie bags? I really don't know. Uh, it's probably just sort of, uh, I think there's posters and that sort of thing to be to be included. Uh, but also, apparently, there are something called Time Lord Treats. There'll be free jammy dodgers and jelly babies while stocks last. So if you fancy your chances at winning one of these speaker systems, then get yourself down to your nearest Forbidden Planet store on the 6th of April. Right then, that's it for the news, and that's it for Omega's Tech Corner for another week. So, coming up next, uh, Paul will be joining me again, uh, so as we talk about Vengeance of the Stones. So another week then, that was the news. Right then everybody, uh, it's time to have a look at the next in the Destiny of the Doctors series. Uh, This time it's the turn of the third Doctor, in a story called Vengeance of the Stones. The yellow car drew to a halt the driver flashing a smile and making playful use of a rubber air horn fitted on the side of the windscreen. The passenger, uh, confirmed at close quarters as a brigadier, stepped out of the car and straightened his tunic before striding forward. The lieutenant's hand shot up in an efficient salute, which the brigadier answered with his own. Brigadier Lethbridge-Stewart, the senior officer introduced himself. Lieutenant uh, Yates, is it? Mike Yates, yes, sir. Welcome to Lossiemouth. He looked hesitantly at the brigadier's driver, unsure whether to maintain his salute. The driver saw his discomfort and smiled disarmingly. He offered a hand. 
No need for salutes for me, Mike. Uh, may I call you Mike? Nice to meet you. Mike smiled broadly as he shook hands with this stranger. He liked him immediately. The brigadier completed the introductions. This is the doctor, unit scientific advisor. Doctor... Doctor widened his grin. Oh, just the doctor. Right, um, who, who wants to kick off? Go on then, you do. Me? Um, yeah. I really didn't like this at all. No? No, I really didn't. Um, I, I, I so wanted to like it. I so wanted to like it, because Pertwee's my doctor. Yeah. And I really wanted to enjoy this story, but... Um, I think what ruined it for me, I'm sorry to say, is Richard Franklin. Really? Yeah, I thought he was completely wooden all the way through it. I thought his line delivery was terrible. I re- and, uh. I, and I didn't think much of the story either, to, to be perfectly honest. And again, it, 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 I thought, um, this goes back to a couple of weeks ago, um, I thought it's almost similar to the Silurians. To a certain degree, because you had this whole thing, yeah. you know, and, and, you know. Yeah, I can say that to a certain extent. Yeah. yeah, and it was almost like a carbon copy of that. Um, but yeah, I, I just didn't, I just didn't enjoy it at all. I actually couldn't wait for it to end. <laughs> really, I didn't mind yeah. it actually. I no, yeah, I thought it was all right. No, I, I think coming off the back of the last one, the what the um, Shadow of Death, I thought this was a massive step backwards. I really did. Um. No, I wouldn't say that. I still liked it better than the first one. I like this better than the first one. Mm, I don't know. I actually prefer the first one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually surprised at this, actually. Um, yeah, um, yeah I, I really didn't like it at all. It I had... thought... Go on, go on. Sorry, yeah, go on. So I, I thought it did get that feeling of the third... The later third... What, what it probably got was the later... You got the later version of the third Doctor set in an earlier time than we've seen him before. Hmm. The improbably taking any any vehicle and flying it or driving it and whatever. Yeah, because you have him. Uh, and I had to I had to find myself actually just laughing at that just because of the fact that yeah well, okay. That, well, that was I that was that. yeah that was one of the few things I did actually enjoy because they 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 did manage to convey the the doctor and his. Well, basically, Pertwee is not really the Doctor. It was Pertwee. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was giving him an action sequence. Exactly. They even gave him an action sequence in this. <laughs> yeah, so he got to fly which... a, Hawk, a Hawker Hunter jet. Yes, which he ditched into the sea. So yeah. I mean, you know, so <laughs> yeah, that was one of the few things I did. You know, I did actually enjoy. To be honest, yeah. you know, they got they got that right, but I I just thought the story was dull. I really did think it was dull. Um, I mean, even I mean, even to the point this because this was um, set in Scotland. Yeah, and the 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 premise of the story is interesting, but I didn't think they did enough with it. You know, just the fact you've got these alien beings have been collecting data. I mean, again, it's like ghost light for God's sake. You yeah. know, alien beings collecting data on of you know of, of the planet, and they're storing it in these um, in these stones. And I just got bored hearing the word stones because <laughs> it's a look at these recumbent. I'm, I'm sorry, mate, but there wasn't there was a clue in the title. I know, but over and over again, it's recumbent stones. And it goes yeah. this stones. And we go, look at this stone. I thought, oh, God's sake. You know, you don't have to put build the whole story around it. You know. Um, but, but There was a point where you did think Richard Franklin just liked saying recumbent stone. stone. Yeah, recumbent stone. I mean, God's um, But anyway, but it's this one, the one thing, it was set in Scotland. Yeah. And to prove how bloody cliched this was, you had a little boy 
and they might as well and called Davy, and might as well called him Wee Davy as well. It was. <laughs> I thought, oh, how cliched can you get? I, mean, I, I, can... I, I did think that was a bit of a falling. If you're if you're this technologically advanced and whatever that you can put some sort of perception filter up to have it that it doesn't work against young children seems to be a slight miscalculation. Well, no, the thing was, it seems to be. Um... Again, I don't think it's the way they, they sort of try to portray the brigadier because the kid could see it, this, this house mm. that the Danes were in, and then eventually so could the brigadier. So what they're saying, only small children and idiots can see it. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, 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 no, I think it was meant to, <laughs> <laughs> I think it was meant to be that once, once, you've, once it's been pointed out to you, you can't. Ignore it. Your brain can't ignore it any longer. But uh, I don't quite like the idea. <laughs> Children <and> idiots. <laughs> we'll have to send Tony up to see if he works. <laughs> he, he just marches straight in. He's, he's got the front door key and everything. We can say what we like about it. He doesn't listen to this, does he? No, that's exactly it. Yeah. I'm actually saying we get a reaction. No. Anyway... Um, <laughs> Uh, no, I actually I didn't mind this. I actually I I, I almost I'm going to say it. I actually quite liked it. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, is it often we have we have sort of the polar opposite opinions? Is it? We, no. we haven't had that for a long time actually. But okay. What what did you I, like about it then? What? Um. Uh, yeah. I, I agree with you. I'm not quite sure about Richard Franklin's um, commentary of it, reading of it. Mm. Um. I think it's better than Carol Ann Ford's with the first in the first one. Yeah. It, it just. Yeah, and I, what, what I think it does do is is highlight just how good Fraser Hines was. I think that's the problem, and that's the problem. Yeah, that yeah. that is the problem. I think. Yeah. Um. Uh. But I, I think the right the, the story itself. I think got the character, the relationship between the Doctor and the Brigadier, spot on. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Okay. In the sense of you know that uh, the Brigadier, I think, did everything you you expected him to do in this. Yeah, I even like the fact you even had the point where the doctor jets off, and that then he calls for the pilot because he's going to go after him in the helicopter to rescue him. Mm. Yeah, because he knows something is going to happen to him. Yes, right. Yes, that's going to go wrong. But but wouldn't actually say that to the doctor that I'll come after. You know, Mm. it's it's wait till the doctor's gone and then we'll deal with this from that point of view. Well, yeah, they did. They they did. Probably one of the few things they got right um, was. They wrote the brigadier. He was he wasn't waiting for the doctor to tell him what to do. No, no. I mean, it pretty much was his operation, and the doctor then had to go out on his own mm. to basically stop the brig to get there before the brigadier, because the brigadier was going to do exactly what he was inclined to do, which was destroy everything. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I do wonder actually, but. In some ways, we've come to this at an unfair time in the fact that we've both looked at the Cave Monsters book and the Silurians TV. Yeah, very, yeah, very recently. And I, yeah, yeah. And I think we're um, looking at this, and it, there is a lot of similarities to it. Had we not revisited that so recently, perhaps we wouldn't be picking, we wouldn't have picked them up so much. Possibly not. Possibly not. I mean, it's even to the point of the Doctor brokering the peace between the two parties as well. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's and, and 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 one of them getting shot by soldiers. Yeah, yeah, it's it's far that too similar. That these these primitive people that they met earlier ago haven't changed, and yeah, whatever. 
Yeah, it's. I mean, I'd like the idea. You know, the fact that you, you had this mystery of a, a potential, almost like a, a Bermuda Triangle over the Highlands of Scotland. Yeah. You know, I mean, I quite like that idea, but I just think it was, it was squandered on quite a, a a weak. I don't know, weak characterisation. Yeah, I think I think that's probably the biggest thing. You don't really get much as to who they are, do you? No. There's not there's all. not a lot of background to them, which which it's it's only an hour long, so yeah. it's, it's a question of actually how another you play another it. similarity between this and the Silurians, the doctor tells their home planet has gone. Exactly like the doctor tells the, the Silurians that there's been no yeah. other traces yeah. of their civilization. Yeah, yeah, no yeah. Long, their, their Earth no longer exists as yeah. such. Yeah. So oh, yeah, I mean, like I say, I think we've come to this probably at the wrong. So we're the wrong two people right <laughs> at this moment to have listened to this. Yeah, quite possibly, quite possibly. Uh, it is too soon after we've um, looked at the Silurians. Yeah, yeah, it just it, just, it was just always there. Yeah, in the back of my mind all the time. But but I mean, yeah. I just didn't like Richard Franklin's delivery. I'm sorry to say, um, I know it's almost like having a pop at Doctor Who royalty. You know, it's part of the unit family I'm talking about here. Um, but I just thought he was he, his reading was very pedestrian, um, very wooden. There was no, <laughs> but, then, but then particularly he's in character still. That's good because <laughs> <laughs> you have to say that he was, was always like that. <laughs> yes, he was never the most animated of actors, was no. he? No. So, so I suppose you've got to say that he's put his he's, he's got, he's got Yates back well there. <laughs> Um, Actually, do you know what? I think it's probably one of the few times he did come alive when reading it was when he was reading it as Yates. Yeah, um, I, I think I think he was having. Dif- I think he had some difficulty in trying to make sh- that he was trying to keep it that his um, delivery of the story and his performance as Yates were different. Mm. And to do that, I think he probably did become a bit monotonous in his delivery of the story. Yeah. Oh, I mean, extremely monotonous, extremely. And I, I, as I say, I'm I'm so disappointed. Yeah, I'm so disappointed that they just picked a a rather sort of cliche ridden or very familiar story. Yeah, um, I know what we said you know, about the the, uh, the Troughton one, which was it was a, a, a typical Second Doctor story. You know, yeah. you're, you're based under siege, but because it was so well written, it was so well acted. And okay, I suppose you could say this was a typical third Doctor story. Yeah. But it was far too close to the Silurians for my liking. Yeah. And I'm sorry, Richard Franklin is no Fraser Hines. No. No, I mean, I, I, I'll agree with you there. But I, I, I don't know. I mean, there was, there was enough in this, I think, to... It was, all, it was as a thing that's been written for the 50th anniversary... If this was something being put out at any other time, I'd probably say, well, they've tried too hard to be to get that sort of feel and story. But because it's being put out as the fiftieth, as part of the fiftieth anniversary, mm. yeah, and they are all trying in in these to be the quintessential story of each Doctor. Yeah. Um, from that point of view, I think it works. I mean, as we say, it is too close to the Silurians, but I'm not sure whether people who haven't Watch the Silurians recently. We'll find we'll, we'll hit that. No, possibly not. Possibly not. As you say, we, we, it just come off. You know, we did we did the Silurians a couple or cave monsters, um, yeah. a couple of weeks back. Ago. Yeah. So, so yeah, it's probably just it's, a little, it's little the bit most too recent soon. thing in my mind. Yeah. Bit when too I listen soon. to this, 
Yeah. Now, I begin to wonder why they picked Richard Franklin to do this. I know uh, there's, there's not many of that era left now. So you've only no. got you've got him or um, Katie Manning. Yeah. Or um, John Levine. Yeah. Now, I don't think yeah. John Levine's done any audio no, stuff. No, I'm, I'm not quite sure. Yeah, that would have been an improvement. <laughs> It it would have been more interesting. <laughs> may well have been. I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, but as in, I, it may be that Kate, this was. I don't know. I suppose how do you write Katie Manning into an earlier episode? Because well, they're all being trying to be set. Well, oh, no, I suppose the Fraser Hines one. Fraser Hines wasn't. wasn't no. no. So yeah, I just begin to wonder why they sort of picked Mike Yates, who was he was a bit of a dull character anyway, wasn't he? Yeah. Even in the TV series. Yeah, he was just there. He just arrived. And apart from towards the end, it was well, just... Well, he was meant to be Joe Grant's love interest, wasn't he? Yeah. I think that was the original idea for him. Yeah. Which didn't really go anywhere. No. He was just there to, to basically order Benton around, wasn't he? <laughs> That's right, yeah. But... <laughs> While doing as little as possible. Yeah. Perfectly honest. What he did in the in the series. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I just think maybe because Katie Manning has done not not as Joe Grant, um, admittedly has she, but she's done the um, Iris Wild Time, yeah, all the stuff. So I think she would probably would have would have been a better bet. Mm. I mean, Richard Franklin did the did the audio stuff with Tom Baker, didn't he? Not the yeah, and look how recent. yeah, look how well they're regarded. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, there was a slight warning with that. Yeah, that, and all he had to do then was react to Tom Baker. <laughs> um, so putting him on his own probably wasn't not a the, good, uh, not, not not the best idea in the world. Not the best idea, but no, I don't know. I, I, I mean, I quite liked. It. I mean, as a as a homage to the to the early to the, the third Doctor stuff, and Brigadier stuff, it was quite good. I quite yeah. enjoyed it from that point of view. Yeah, not 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 to be something that you you listen to and think, oh, that's really good. That's really original because it wasn't. No, no. I mean, they. I mean, they tried to do something different with the uh, the first Doctor story. Yeah. To to the point where the, you know the, the first Doctor was hardly in it. Um, yeah. Actually, no, that's no difference to the TV series. Actually, <laughs> so, no, I stay yeah. corrected. Yeah. Uh, yeah um, the la- you know, the second Doctor story was. I thought it was going to be more about Jamie. Yeah. And was pleasantly surprised to find out that it wasn't. It was all about the second Doctor. Yeah. And you and you had Fraser Hines brilliant portrayal of the second doctor yeah and this was a real come down for me this one well you know richard franklin was never going to do a john pertwee impression no i mean he tries he tries to do different voices yeah but i mean at least at least he does sort of have a go he has has a a sort of go yeah but like i said i think that then probably ended up with the stilted reading of the, well, it, it the just, rest of the story because I think he was concentrating so much on when he was going to do the... Yeah, I mean, Richard Franklin What is, he had to do in voice and what he didn't. Yeah, I mean, he's knocking on a bit now, but it just sounded like Richard Franklin doing an old man voice every time he did the Brigadier or the Doctor. Yeah. Um, and there was no real difference between the two. And he he didn't have the the vocal mannerisms that Fraser Hines managed to capture. No. Yeah, there wasn't the timing in in what was said, was there? It was no. all delivered in a That's what, is that, very, very straightforward. As I said, very pedestrian. Yeah. Very pedestrian way. So, you know, it's... Uh, yeah, I, I'm just a little bit... Actually, not a little bit. I'm massively disappointed on this one. Uh, I don't know. Mainly, mainly because Pertwee is my doctor. 
Yeah. Really. I think that's that's probably more where I'm coming from on this. I suspect, though, to such an extent that you may well have only been satisfied if they resurrected Pearl <laughs> and got him to record it. Well, it's that, it's that company up in Birmingham again I'm looking at, isn't it? So, <laughs> with their voodoo, yes. sacrificing chickens again. And <laughs> so, you know, I think there's a, a sense that perhaps you, the standard it had to reach to, to satisfy you was going to be <laughs> higher than any other doctor. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think so. Um, I, I, interesting to see what they do for the next one, because obviously we're now at the, the point where this doctor is still alive. Yes. So I'm beginning to wonder if they're going to keep it as a companion chronicle, which, which all these basically uh, have been. Yeah, it's going to be because it's Lala Ward doing the ah motion. There you go. There you go. I haven't actually looked up to see who's doing the next one. So um, ah, there we and, go. Then. And it's it's going to be the same format. Um, companion doing the main narration, and then one other person playing a character. Yeah. Oh, that was the, that was the other thing about this story as well. The the other actor, which I can't remember who it was now. Um, Playing the, Little Dale. Yes, playing. I mean, he wasn't much better. No, no, there wasn't actually that much. The actual other character in this didn't really he, do, you know do what a he, lot. He, did it? No. Do you know what he reminded me of? Now, this this is one that's not that's not going to um, trigger any memories in our younger listeners here, um, and maybe not in some of the listeners of of, of our age actually. But um, he sounded like Richard Stinker Murdoch. Right. Now, do you know who Richard Murdoch is? No, I'm actually trying to think now. Right, um, he was on um, with he did a radio show in the in the forties, I think it was forties and fifties with Kenneth Horn, much binding in the marsh. Oh, right, yeah, yeah, um, very much like that, you know. So, uh, that's what this bloke sounded like. Yeah, I didn't really have the, um, it, it, yeah, there wasn't there wasn't much from that performance that got you excited was there no the only bit that was actually interesting was when it started off when uh, Yates first meet, encounters them and you actually think they're going to be friendly mm, yeah and then as the conversation goes you realise no actually they're not no that, that was quite interesting I quite like that it then you know suddenly gets the, the oh no we're just we just want to ask you a few questions and yeah whatever and then it becomes the I don't really want to do this. We tried it on the other person, but his mind wasn't strong enough. <laughs> and you know, you think, ah, right, okay. Yeah. We fried his, we fried yeah. his brain trying to get information yeah. out of him. So uh, yeah, yeah. So you know, but of course, Mike Yates is made of sterner stuff. Stuff wood. <laughs> 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 yes, they obviously haven't got a setting that does wood either. <laughs> oh dear. Yeah. Oh well. Oh well. Let's hope the next one's an improvement. Yeah. Let's hope it's an improvement. Oh, I, I, I saw I didn't mind this. I mean, I'm not, not, not to the extent that I'm going to sit here and try and defend it against you. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, it's all right. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Oh, well, that's our, that's our first big disagreement in a long, long time, actually, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, well, not, well it weren't exactly pistols at dawn, was it? But <laughs> Right, then. Um, is that pretty, have you finished with that? Yeah, are we done with that? So, are yeah. we done with that? Good. Yeah, okay. I'm not going to try and rescue it from the bin where you put it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, uh, coming up on the next episode, we're talking about New Who. Yes. Yes, the new series of Doctor it's Who starts. Back. It's back. Uh, yeah, so um, now we're not entirely sure when we're going to have this episode out, though, are we? No. No, because as usual, I'm... You're away. 
I'm, well, yeah, I'm doing something as soon as a new episode comes out. <laughs> we can guarantee it. I mean, I can probably tell you when uh, Series 8 will start. When, as soon as I book my holiday, I'll tell you. <laughs> that's it. Oh, wise sage. No, oh, dear. so yeah, we don't know. It might be sometime, because it, obviously it's the Easter Bank holiday, so we we may have it out sometime over the Easter Bank holiday, or it might be the, the week after. In that case, it might be a, a double... A yeah. double a double review that weekend, yeah, of the first and second episodes. So uh, we'll see, we'll see. But I say we'll, we'll be. All I can say is we'll be back as soon as we can. Yes, that's probably the best way to put it. Okay then. So until next time, it is goodbye from me, Phil, and goodbye from me, Paul. Goodbye. listening to the Who's He podcast. Please visit our website at who's-he-podcast.co.uk and please also follow us on Twitter at who's underscore he underscore podcast. The Who's He podcast is a member of the Doctor Who Podcast Alliance. <laughs>